Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Newcastle Fast FM broadcasting live and online across the internet. MashaAllah, Tabarakallah. Bismillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala nabiyyillah distafa wa ali wa sahbi wa manitha bi hadihi amma ba'd. It is fantastic to be back with yourself, myself, your host Wajid, and our uh, special guest, Dr. Abdul Haq. Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Abdul Haq. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Oh, it feels like I've been away for an age, bro. It's like, <laughs> subhanAllah, bro. I've missed you. I've missed you. And, uh, likewise, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, we are back and we've missed you, uh, our viewers and, and our listeners, inshallah, tabarakallah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that what we are about to discuss, inshallah, that it benefits us in, in attaining the sweetness of the akhirah without reckoning, inshallah ta'ala. Um, and welcome back. Uh, last, uh, well, not last week, but the week before, subhanAllah, we were touching on uh, the, the elements of gratitude. We were touching on the elements of, of being the best that we could be, inshallah. And um, we were looking at uh, a host of different kinds of discussions. But today, we are going to pick up that same discussion and that same thread and that same vein of having a grateful heart of being obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and of, of representing ourselves in the correct and most beautiful form. And today we want to touch on a subject which is, is kind of an issue that, that runs uh, within kind of social media and the issues that we have, not just on social media, but amongst our peers, amongst our culture, amongst our society. And that is the subject of Riyah. And uh, Riyah is something that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, warns us against. And um, but before we get there, I just wanted to give the begin with the caveat uh, as Muslims that we are clearly uh, identified as worshipping one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that's it one true God. And the shahada it begins with la ilaha that there is no God, no deity, nothing worthy of worship except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, this is very clear that the statement actually begins by negating all things before it affirms the one true God. And this is, is a very powerful statement when you sit and reflect upon it. And so the, the opposite of that is to worship other deities or to ascribe partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we get told in the Quran that verily Allah does not forgive shirk that is done towards him, but he forgives all and he can choose to forgive all sins that he so pleases except that one that one sin and that is shirk mm -hmm. so certainly associate partners with Allah is a severe major sin in our deen and it, it negates all all of our actions and all that we do and as Allah says in the Quran indeed it has been revealed to you that those and to those before you that if you practice shirk surely all your deeds will be in vain and this is a very powerful statement that you know 99.99% is still not good enough. It's still not sufficient. It's got to be 100%. And uh, we want to talk uh, today moving into that discussion around Riyah. And Riyah in and of itself is something that can affect the heart, because this was kind of what we were discussing in Taymiyyah Rahimullah's book, around the conditions of the heart. And uh, yeah, so I gives me great pleasure to Pass it back to you, Dr. Abdul Haq, and uh, let's just begin this discussion and understand, inshallah, what Riya is. And yeah, let's start there, inshallah. No, alhamdulillah. Um, Jazakallah khair for the introduction. I think this is a very important topic because 
showing off today is seen as an attribute. It's seen as a positive characteristic. And as a reaver, as a convert, before embracing Islam, that was a premise upon which many of us lived. Showing off arrogance, disdain for others, um, the opposite to humility in that instance. Mm-hmm. And those of us who showed off and, show, uh, and displayed what we had and had an arrogance to it and a swagger to what we had were admired by others who wanted to be in that same place. And as you know, the last time we were um, discussing uh, on the show, we were talking about um, envy, jealousy, and everything. So that's the opposite. That's what that, that causes. And the one who's jealous, the one who has hatred and resentment, often wants to be in the position of the one that they're envying. And in, in and the, the most ignorant form is when that they're seeing someone showing off, wishing they could show off and be like that particular individual. And that show is showing off from, for our, from our perspective, from my friends, our group, was, we, had te- we were very talented, many of us, but we were also not invincible, but we saw ourselves as all very impregnable to an extent that we, were, we knew how to handle ourselves in many situations. We had intellectually astute individuals. We had attractive individuals who were women, womanizers, the ladies. We had all of that. And so there was a swagger and an arrogance about us, almost like, you know, that we call people will call us peacocks. You know how the peacock behaves when it wants to attract the mates and everything like that. So there was that, that peacock attitude. And, and a lot often what happened is that if you came up against other rivals that um, were showing off in that instance, you, there are two things that could have happened, two of many, but two significant things. One, because you would have recognized the... Uh, the worth of the other group or individual showing off, you would have become allies, okay? Because okay. you were both on the same level. That was a rarity, that happened. But okay. what more often than not, you became rivals, violent rivals, and it perpetuated because there was that showing off and the arrogance, who was the more arrogant, who had more swag. Who? So showing off in itself is destructive. We know there can be an element or a type of showing off against the enemy in the, the real jihad, in the real battle, the Muslims in that particular instance, um, so that the, the real enemy becomes um, uh, disheartened or afraid or pensive in that instance. But in and of itself, generally, showing off is destructive. And what, what it does, the harm that it causes to the individual the harm that it causes to others is often irreparable. And we know there's a narration, for example, where um, we're told not to seek knowledge, to compete with the scholars. And today we see that some have gone beyond that. Some have gone beyond, they've, after denigrating scholars, no longer referring to them as scholars, they've now gone to such a state of disdain and arrogance Mm. that they now refer to themselves as sheikhs and have others refer to them as sheikhs. It is a destructive path that that doesn't lead anyone to anywhere good. The end result is is often um, destructive. 
and it it's more about where that's coming from then isn't it because we last like we're talking about the conditions of the heart and so um if i just quickly so the um the hadith of the prophet is that hidden shirk prophet said that i fear for you hidden shirk so the the companions asked what is hidden shirk is that a person stands up to pray and he beautifies his prayer because he sees the people looking towards him so this is somebody yeah. who's praying anyway and um as they, they probably would have done that anyway but when they notice that somebody's come in the room or they've caught the gaze of somebody they start to uh, take it up to the next level right right and right. so in, in, in that is kind of a superficial increase in in doing something yes. rather than a, a genuine sincerity of sort of saying exactly. of exactly. doing that which is right because um, I, I remember there's one other hadith uh, uh, of the Prophet ﷺ where one of the companions was reading the Quran in his household, and the Prophet ﷺ walked past and listened as he read because of the the his beautiful recitation, beautiful recitation. So um, and then the next day the Prophet ﷺ told this companion, and the companion started to cry and he said, "If I'd known, I would have beautified my voice even more." So this yes. was seeking the, to please the Prophet ﷺ, and this was That's through right. love and adoration, right. rather than uh, one-upmanship, or, yes. or or to be seen as such. Exactly. And I think that there is that kind of um, there are nuances within that. Then, isn't that Dr. Abdul Haq around um, knowing where one kind of um, fits into all of that, to to be uh, to be uh, self-aware enough. To, to be able to reflect and and even correct oneself, yes. No, absolutely. It reminds me, on the, uh, in contrast, of uh, one of uh, the, the students of knowledge telling us about. It was a joke, but um, there was a there was a reality to what he was saying, in which there was a Bedouin who was praying in the. Um, he was he was expecting guests in the desert uh, at his tent, and basically he was. Um, preparing he had the food cooking and and he could see the guests coming in the distance okay so he started praying he started praying and because he and he wanted them to see him praying and he carried on praying really and so they were getting closer and closer obviously coming closer from the horizon and then he could hear them in discussion as they saw him like oh my gosh he's still praying we've watched seen him praying all this distance from when we've been walking and he couldn't conceal his pride and, and his um, arrogance in what they're saying. And in, in the midst of his prayer and hearing them say this, he looked up and said, you should see my Qiyamun Lay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so totally revealing, totally revealing. The, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So doing an act of worship because he wanted to be seen of men. And we see in the Quran that Allah warns of that, you know, woe to those who pray to be seen of men. men this, this, showing, this showing off. Those yeah. who show off, we know the hadith about um, the three who will be the first to be thrown, dragged on their faces to the hellfire. Um, and the, the three are the one who went to fight jihad, yeah. supposedly so, the one who learned and recited the Quran, and the one who gave wealth. So when they are called on the day of judgment as the first to be thrown into the hellfire, they will each say, well, I went and fought jihad. And you say, you lied. 
you went and fought jihad so that you will be called brave. Um, and, and they said, be cast into the fire. The other one will come and be told, uh, said, I, I learned the Quran. I was reciting the Quran. I said, no, you learned the Quran so that you could be re recite and be praised by the people. Words to this effect, mm -hmm. paraphrasing. And then the wealthy one, not necessarily in that order. I cannot recall the order at this point, but authentic hadith. And the wealthy one would say, I gave wealth to give charity in your, in your name and say, you lied. You gave this charity so that you it could be said, look at such and such and what he's given. And so we need to check ourselves when we are doing things um, and often doing things. And that comes to most of our deeds. We've mentioned um, acts of um, charity. And so, Walaikum Salam, Sister Salwa, and it's good to see you as well. And yes, the topic is very, very scary. So we see, for example, Every, uh, so that's why when we see the tremendous hadith from um, the um, Prophet وسلم, where Allah um, informs that the fasting is for him, because that's that's one yeah. act indeed that no one can see. You could be in your home and outside pretending that you're fasting, but inside you're doing the opposite. You're eating and everything like that. The fasting is truly that act that is unseen by others. And it is truly for Allah in that, that particular instance. And then I want to refer to another um, hadith, and it's one of the first ones that I read when I came to the deen. And it, it used to have me thinking and thinking and thinking, overthinking, obviously. And it's the one of the, ind the individual who called the people to Islam. Mm. But on the day of judgment and in the hellfire, he is going around a millstone, like a donkey goes around a millstone, with his intestines out, attached to that millstone and the people of the hellfire will say weren't you one of those who enjoined good and forbade evil and and he will say yes but i enjoined good and forbade the evil but he didn't do it upon himself he didn't enjoy the good upon himself he didn't forbid the evil upon himself so again these were outward actions of the people calling to islam um doing deeds of what apparent worship but the intention was not for Allah. The intention was not correct. The intention was to be seen by the people, to be praised by the people. Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah. And I think, you know, and Walaikum Salam Sita Salwa, I think she she's kind of hit it on the head there that this is this is a very scary topic and it it requires that uh, introspection and self-awareness to be able to do it. As we know, there is, you know, the um you know, we, we discussed this uh, a few a few, a few um, sessions back around, you know, the Treaty of Hudayba, when, uh, you know, the Prophet ﷺ put their hand out, like, who will give bayah to this? And then eventually one of the companions did, and he gained the reward of, of all those that followed through. And there are certain instances where it is recommended, you know, to, to show the giving of, of charity or the supporting of a cause or for doing something in a particular way in order to encourage others to, to yes. get active and yes. but again you know there's still a there's still a very fine line because like we were saying right at the beginning is that 99.999% uh, is still not good enough it's got to be 100% for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because any impurity uh, is an impurity and it destroys yes. the whole act and as the, the the Quranic verse says you know that it becomes a uh, in vain, that it is yeah. lost, and this is this is a really really scary thought. Um, 
uh, I say that respectfully, Dr. Abdul you know, we're both sitting here talking about these things and we have to check ourselves. Absolutely. You know, that we Absolutely. are, that, you know, when we are talking to our viewers, that we are talking to you in a way that we're actually talking to ourselves. <laughs> the way I see it is usually like, you know, when I speak to Dr. Hart, oh, this will be good to talk. Maybe it's going to help me with my mind. So it's yes. this idea that we have to correct ourselves. So this discussion isn't necessarily about uh, just putting the knowledge out there. It's about the yeah. knowledge embedding itself within ourselves because yes. shit can creep into to all sorts of actions. That's right. And I think that's important that you've said that because in this world today, um, and we've got the social media platforms, when we are speaking, and one of the things that is important with what you said is I see that we're not speaking to the people to the audiences, we're speaking with the audiences, we're actually speaking with them and we're including ourselves within, within that. And so when we're speaking, we're not going to reveal sins or anything like that, but we relate to and we these things must resonate with us. So for example, I say to colleagues, some of my colleagues and uh, good, good colleagues, when they're looking for the numbers of the viewings and everything like that, and some would say the viewings are important, but the one thing that anchored me when I came to the Dean and started speaking to, to individuals is that knowledge that there will be prophets who come on the day of judgment. And let's think about this. These are Anbiya who are going to come fearful of Allah Yomukiyama, and they have a, no follower or a single follower. Okay. And, and that's going to be, imagine Allahu Alam, what, what are they thinking concerning the effectiveness of their message? Only Allah knows best. We're talking about the, the unseen here. Mm. But that should be a point of reference for every single individual who is speaking publicly and waiting to see about likes, shares. He has an audience, she has an audience. No, there needs to be focus on the delivery of the message seeking Allah's pleasure only, only, only. like we see in Surah Al-Araf, in Surah Al-Araf, um, the seventh Surah, Ayat 164, I believe it is, where the people come to the callers and say, why are you preaching to a people who are about to be destroyed? Mm. And they respond that perhaps they um, may um, fear Allah and to be free from guilt, before our Lord. Now, what are we doing? What are we doing? We see today the denigration, the castigation, the cancel culture from Muslims occupying themselves with other personalities. And yes, there is an element in our religion where we must enjoin good and forbid evil and warn where we have to warn. But some have made that there be all an end all, and you're seeing that some Muslims gravitate just towards that. Yeah. Entertainment is just that. And that is, and I, I, I proffer, I, I suggest that that is nothing more than showing off because when you're pointing and denigrating and you believe in your heart, I'm doing good by this, but you continue to denigrate and, and, and debase the honor of an individual saying you're doing it quoting verses of Quran, bringing statements of the scholars, bringing hadith, often out of context, you're doing that and by default, 
elevating yourself and thereby showing off because your numbers and your followers start growing. And if scholars of the Salaf, some scholars of the Salaf were affected by this, we have it in the books that when some scholars saw that an up and coming scholar or um, a, a visiting scholar suddenly had taken their students, not deliberately, but the students were attracted to this scholar and what he's teaching, and they had um, disdain. They would start refuting and saying negative things about that scholar because of that jealousy, because of that upset. Mm. But then if the students came back, and this happens to us now, and this happens to our generation, when we see our numbers growing, we start imitating the scholars more in our dress, in our antiquated speech, a particular, I'd say that happens very much amongst us as Salafis, that antiquated speech, imitation of the scholars, their intonations, even the garb that they're wearing. And that is, I, I dare say, in some instances, not all, Aria showing off. Yeah. And again, it, it, it's a very, like you said, uh, there's something there about that we have to be very careful in judging. Uh, yes, uh, uh, you know, because Allah knows, Allah only knows the intention in, in the heart, and this is something that um, <clears throat> that affects us in a way where um, we can look at someone, make that judgment, and decide, you know, they are this or this or that, and uh, we can look at something in this way, and <coughs> that we can um, look upon something. And realize that, you know, that this is some, or not realize actually, subconsciously that this is something taking something away from us. Yeah. So we are putting the the value on the material element, whether that's like shares of value, that, that value in that way, and forgetting that the true purpose and the real value is there in a different format. Mm. And why why do we show off? What showing off to some with. Uh, project um, confidence, uh, arrogance, that we are better than others. But in actuality, what we're seeing is an underlying insecurity in the person that believes that they need to show off. There's an underlying insecurity about themselves, about their circumstances, about their situation. Arrogance is, is that as well, because Iblis, for example, became arrogant at the creation of Adam because he felt that his position was threatened. But it was him who had threatened and jeopardized his own position by that arrogance, thinking that he was better. So you may some may say, how that's that's a that's a um a paradox or that's a contradiction in terms. How is it that someone can be showing off and there's an insecurity there? Yes, there is an insecurity there. There, there's, a, there's an inherent insecurity in the one who shows off. Yeah, and I, I think we see it all the time, is that, yeah, <clears throat> that that threat um, makes them behave or, or do it in that particular way, you know. Uh, Sister Salwa has mentioned that, certainly I feel uh, you speak with us, mashallah, and your dialogue, mashallah, is very nice, getting your point across to remind us, capture the audience that we are sitting with you in the room. So, Jazakallah Khair, actually, thought it was a different type of comment, but Jazakallah Khair, Sister Salwa, and... <clears throat> That is that is our intention, is that we are part of the audience in that way. And if you really want to be part of this audience, inshallah, you're welcome to join in this discussion 
apart from like, share, and subscribe, you can jump in and and um, ask a question to us directly. Inshallah, Taala. Um, so yeah. Um, so again, th this this element of of being grateful, though, there, there's another element because I remember there was a hadith of the Prophet where there is one companion and he's wearing very coarse material like um, cotton, like a, a hessian kind of sack kind of thing. And it's, it's, it's a very rough, coarse material. And if you're not used to it, it'll itch your skin. Uh, it's very uncomfortable to wear <clears throat> and, and, and so on and so forth. So um, the Prophet asks him, uh, the, this companion that, uh, you know, have you no money? Like, have you nothing to spend on yourself? And um, I've forgotten what the companion says. He says some. He replies in some format, and the Prophet says that uh, Allah, Allah is beauty, and Allah loves beauty. So yes. Be grateful to what Allah has given you, and beautify yourself by yes. the by the the ni'mah, the rahmah that Allah has given to you. That's and right. I think, and I think there's also this um, this balance between those things of having the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa taala upon you, but using it in a way where it it is about your measure, and that's fine, but you not um, going beyond that measure, not sort of keeping up with the Joneses, as it were, or, you know, not to, Allah not mentions, to have that Instagram life. Allah mentions that in Surah Araf, again, coming back to Surah Araf, when he uh, gives talks about the story of Adam and Hawa. And um, uh, when he says, when they were stripped, they stripped themselves of that raiment from eating from the forbidden um, tree, as it were. Mm. And he Allah tells us that, we should adorn ourselves with raiments, with the garments of righteousness, and we should dress well. So there's no there's no issue in, as you said, referring to that hadith, but Allah loves beauty. And so if we've got those means that we should beautify ourselves, we're told to beautify ourselves on Yom al-Jummah, on Eid, for our mm -hmm. wife, our wives, for our husbands, in, 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 in for their husbands in that instance. So there's no issue with that whatsoever. We're talking about that showing off where there's a haughtiness, where we want people to see us and to praise us. We want to be praised. And we know the hadith that is antithetical to that, in which um, the Prophet said, when someone's praising you, he said, uh, to, metaphorically speaking, and some say literally, to throw dust in the face of the person who's heaping that praise upon you. Because praise... Yeah. Only um, as we, the, the youth the, the, and the younger generations use, it gasses you up. It, it, all it does is it, you're bigging someone up to make them feel better, to make them feel, and okay, sometimes someone may be insecure, someone may be despondent, someone may be very weak and down high. So you big them up or you, um, you praise them because you want to elevate or lift their morale. This is not what we're talking about here. We are talking about that seeking of praise like the sportsmen, the boxers when they're winning the fights and the arrogance that they show, I am better. Like the wrestlers, like the, 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 the musicians, the artists, like the, the actors when they're, they're walking and showing that. So at the end of the day now, showing off in that instance has parameters to it. And those parameters are very corrosive because it starts affecting everything else. And you only have to look at social media and the mental health issues that have emanated from social media 
and from those who have got alter egos, for those who are hiding the reality of who they actually are um, in, in, in that instance there. And then you've got another flip side to that. You've got those who feign piety. So when they're praying, like I gave that example of the individual, the Bedouin in the desert, but you've got those who will bend over double and really look, uh, oh, look at his prayer. He's really intensely into his prayer. And Omar, I believe, was regular. And so it said, this is not the way we should stand as Muslims. We stand upright with power, with strength, humility before our, our Lord, but not this um, contorted, exaggerated stance in prayer this 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 um over humble walk as we are walking in in the streets no not to walk in arrogance like Lukman warns his son against in Sora Lukman but we are a way in between there's a mm. self-dignity and there's a self-righteousness within which we should operate yeah I think we there's a there's there. yeah there's a there's a comment a friend of mine made and he said um, maybe we can explore this a little bit. Is that you know you're not showing off? Is when somebody comes in the same this room or in the same sort of vicinity that has something bigger, better than you, and it doesn't affect you. It doesn't change who you are, you know. So you know, uh, you know, they come in and they've got a, I don't know, a bigger Rolex, let's say, or the, they've got a Ferrari, and you've got you've got an Aston Martin, if that's your thing. Um, but it doesn't bother you in that way. You're still, alhamdulillah, content and pleased with what Allah has, has blessed you with, and you're still content with that lot. You're not envious of the fact that somebody else has has that next level up, and that you are, in fact, remain uh, true and content to that which Allah has blessed you with. And that, I think that comes through, you know, because um, there's there's the book. Uh, and this is a, it's a beautiful book. It's Ria uh, Hidden Shilk. This is a fantastic book. Yes, I strongly is. recommend it um, if you can get a hold of it. And in there, you know, it talks about, and we, we've discussed this, that, you know, to really affect the matters of the heart, it takes knowledge. It takes knowledge. And um, and the, the, the knowledge that we get, um, the, it's... It's something that has to that has to uh, balance the heart. It has to uh, affect the heart in a way, inshallah ta'ala, that when it's absorbed properly, like you said, you know, um, when we were younger, there were certain groups around and it was all about who could refute who. Do you know what I mean? That's who right. could out, outdo the other in a debate or a discussion. And then I remember, you know, a few years later learning that, you know, some of the scholars wouldn't even debate. They wouldn't even go there. They'd like, no, uh, uh, there's nothing to prove. And, and what are you proving? That you're right. just more eloquent than the next man. That's all you're proving. That's right. This is this the, the, the point of that debate is not about knowledge fact. Like we see in political discussions, you know, it's not about facts. It's not about the reality. It's all about who can outdo the other, who can embarrass the other, who can uh, outwit the other in that particular way, you know. Um, and I think uh, Sister Salwa is bringing a very valid point there again, which is kind of what we're leaning towards now is that what about sharing our joy with others? Is this a type of, of showing off? And and it's not. It's it's There's certain joys that we have. So, you know, uh, we have certain celebrations, whether you talk about Eid, uh, you know, uh, weddings, births, uh, successes, you know, children achieving uh, certain successes through academic qualifications or just whatever that endeavor might be or whatever that endeavor looks like. 
um, there is an element that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us that joy in our heart. Allah gives us that sweetness of, of, of feeling uh, success, of experiencing that, and then allowing us to keep striving for that, you know? You know, and even after Jummah. In that joy, I think it's a very good question that um, Sister Salwa has asked. In sharing that joy, you're sharing it with someone and, and people that you have a love for. And you may be sharing it with someone um, or others who need upliftment, who haven't had um, any good news um, of their own. And so you, you sharing that joy with them is an encouragement for them. And you're also, in, in, uh, by extension, loving for them what you love for yourself. And if they are close to you, they are going to feel happiness from the joy that you are actually sharing um, with them. So no, that, that's not uh, a type of showing off. If you are doing that to uplift and share it with individuals because it's a, a moment that's precious to you, and you want want to share that precious moment with them, and it's all it all boils down to in every instance, showing off, not showing off, your near, your intention. Yeah, your intention. Yeah, and I think it's it's who and how you share it with people. You know, it's you know in that particular way. You know, so for example, when we talk about marriage, you know, it's about notifying everybody, people that you know. You know. And uh, Brother Richard Coupland is, uh, is there, mashallah. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Jazakum khair for tuning in. Are there any beneficial books or works that can help with the issue of Ria? Uh, the I've one that I mentioned is. Before one. you mention one, I've got a first book that he can read that will help with the issue of Ria, uh, Brother Richard, and that is the Quran. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah, yes. And, and it's that reflection, isn't it? Because it, it's about gaining humility. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. When you read the Quran and you read those stories, I defy an individual who's reading it and pondering over any aspect of it to come away with arrogance or the intention to show off. You come away humbled. Yeah. I think also um, there's a there's an element of getting to that stage though isn't there do you understand so um the, the there's a hadith of prophet that said that whenever i feel down i read the surah uh, surah yusuf and and it uplifts me to know that uh, you know so um yeah so um so i so uh it takes a certain amount of discipline and um, focus to get yourself to a stage that when you read the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you are in fact um, able to benefit from those words in a way where it humbles the heart and that humility is based on, on, on Iman. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that the books of Rakaik, um, the Heart Softeners, Riyadh Salihin, we know of these books, um, the the books of some of our Salaf, Ibn al-Qayyim, 
when we're reading all of those and we're placing a context of those books around us, we're not reading them and pondering upon them remotely. This helps. And we really got to think, and I think that in the, the, the fast-paced world that we live in today and the busyness and our preoccupation with whatever it is that we're doing, if we were to pause and think that in every instance, Allah's giving us whatever it is that we've got. Every success that we have is not from us, is not from our doing. And we have the examples in um, the Quran of the, the people who are in the boat or in the ship and the waves come, wave upon wave, so much so that when they put their hand out, they can't even see um, their hands. And they call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that moment that if he um, saves them, that they will devote themselves to him. They will turn to him when they get back um, ashore. And Allah tells us once they get back ashore, they forget and they attribute the success of arriving safely to their prowess. It's because I did this. It's because I did that. And how many of us do that, even exactly the same, like, my Lord, help me in this situation um, and, and I will devote more time, I'll be grateful to you. But shortly after, literally shortly after, and Allah is the one who knows us, there's a little thing that creeps in that, yeah, it's because of this, it's because of my qualification, it's because of this ability, it's because of that ability. Yeah. But who gave you those abilities? Who guided you? Who guided you? Alhamdulillah. It's so true. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. And it's that awareness that we need to, I need to, you need to, we need to embed within ourselves. That we are aware of ourselves and checking ourselves in that way. Not in an obsessive way but in a way that is sufficient, inshallah, that we keep ourselves with our focus to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and align ourselves in that way uh, without compromising ourselves. Right. And, and losing the benefit and the beauty of that which we are putting forward for ourselves, inshallah. Yes. Subhanallah. Oh. Yeah, I'm just, just kind of letting that sink in a bit because it is, it's, it's a very, very profound kind of thinking. And, um, you know, uh, you know, like Umar Radila'an, you know, uh, the Prophet said about Umar Radila'an that if there was a prophet after me, it would be Umar. And this is no small, this is no small statement. Oh. This is a huge, huge thing to be said of. Yes. And then, you know, you know, when uh, Umar Radila'an was Khalif, you know, I remember there was an, the, the, the narration is that there was an earthquake and Umar stamped down his foot and said, where upon you is there being an injustice that I'm responsible for? You know, he stamped down his foot upon the earthquake to say, you know, and the, the, this wasn't so much of arrogance, but it was, where am I doing my job wrong? <laughs> you know, where am I failing in this that you are, that the ground is, that the earthquake is reminding me from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I'm doing something that needs to be corrected. And right. it's 
it's this kind of thinking, you know, where we know that Umar had, had lines in his face from his tears. And, and you know, th this sort of devotion. But it didn't, like you said, it didn't weaken him. It didn't mean he slept all day and was unable to do the worldly things, the life things. He got on with that stuff as well. But still had the strength and the determination to be up in the night prayer. Not just Umar, many of the companions, right. that they, they were there in that devotion. And again, going back to the Prophet Sallallahu that his his tahajjud was so long and late into the night, uh, um, as 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 a, as a length of the prayer, and we only know about it because of the narration from Aisha Right. Had Aisha not been there, or anybody else been there, we would not have known about it. Yes. The Prophet did not mention it to us in that That's direct right. way, and so it's that correlation i think that we need to have within ourselves to correct ourselves that we are sharing our joys and our, our blessings with the right people that when we are going through challenges we also share them in, in a specific and particular way but ultimately you know it comes all that benefits us comes from uh, knowledge that benefits the heart and dua the power of dua inshallah I think it's it's important as well to bring us back to a contemporary context. We're talking con about contemporary issues, but some common uh, ills that are affecting the young and the old among us. And when we look at some examples of showing off amongst the Muslims, we've seen Muslims formerly practicing astute, and now we see on social media them doing bodybuilding, showing their aura through their abs and everything like that, showing exercise videos. Before they used to give lectures and show lectures and everything, and they've moved from giving lectures and exhortations of good, of goodness, to showing their physical prowess and abilities and their torso and their bodies. And their followers have increased and their followers have come from an altogether different audience. We see the, the once uh, hijab-wearing sister is no longer wearing hijab properly or no longer wearing hijab at all and is now wearing skin-lightening products, skin-darkening products, depending on which way um, she is beautifying herself. But the hijab has gone. And her audience has increased, and it's increased from an audience that would never have been there beforehand. These are from the ills of showing off. These are from the characteristics of one who is seeking the pleasure of the people. These are from the characteristics of those who've lost their way because they are seeking and require validation from others. Showing off is a very pompous method of, of seeking validation. And we have to ask ourselves, why do we want to seek validation 
from others in such a way that we have to show off and portray um, ourselves in that particular way. What does Hasbi Allah mean to us? How can you show off in anything? Because showing off is to get the praise of the people and say or believe Hasbi Allah. How, how can those two come together? They clash. And that, I think that clash is, is not always seen until, until there's that moment to reflect, really, you know, and, and to correct yourself. And I think, uh, you know, um, when we, when we consider, there was a, there was a, a video I was watching, and, and the guy talks about, um, you know, when when you when you sort of level up, the challenge gets stronger. The shaitan comes at you stronger. Yeah. So every level you get into, the the strength of the shaitan wanting to to topple you, as it were. It gets he he works on you harder. He's done. Like there are some people he he he's done his job and he can walk away because they he he's got them on their own whims and desires and that that you know that 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 rides that guy that train's left the station as it were. They, they, he's not too bothered about them. But I think like you said, you know there are some sisters and brothers who started off with the right intentions, started off in the right sort of process, getting out there, reaching people, connecting with people. And although they may have moved into a particular line one way or the other, it has sadly uh, misled them in that particular way, you know, and they've right. gone down a, a direction and a way that is is misleading them and taking them away from the huck. And it's about returning back to that. So I think we have to remember that the, the more you increase your Iman, the more the challenge is going to come apparent to you. You know, the question is going to get asked of you. Do, do you really want this? And are you ready for this? Because I think that's that's always the other thing, you know, are you ready to step up, level up and do this? Um, you know, and, and I think it's, it's something that we don't consciously become aware of until we're pushed into that scenario. Right, right. And, and, and that's when our values uh, you know those that I'm talking about um, like we have our foundation of Islam but we have values within ourselves that then get challenged you know or, or, and, or no, you're right and I think looking and considering the current climate that we're in, in at the moment as well what vanities are there that we can um, appeal to now what are the vanities who is there to show off to now we're wearing face masks now. Um, if, you're, if, you're, if it's your beauty or your attractiveness that you felt was there, we have the insecurities of individuals like Trump who doesn't want to wear a face mask. For some reason, he thinks he's still got good looks if he ever had them. But we have to ask ourselves, what vanities are we pandering to now with the pandemic? In the UK, you're close to another lockdown. In the Middle East, there are still restrictions. Um, who are you going to show off to? You're at home now, and okay, you are you 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 have to 
put on an appearance when you're in a meeting online, um, as we're discussing now, um, for example. But I would say this now, and I'm not going to ask you, but I would say now, if you were to say to the individuals who were showing off, okay, yeah, you're saying fantastic things and doing fantastic things online, stand up and show me the full attire that you're actually wearing. And you'll most probably see that they've got like, I've got no idea, but I don't want to imagine. But you would be shocked and horrified to see that it's only the top part that they are displaying because what they're wearing <laughs> in the top is just completely yeah. um, at odds with their wardrobe and with what they're actually wearing. So my it's, thing is... It's the, mullet, it's the mullet equivalent, isn't it? You know? Exactly. Business at the front, party at the back, you know? Business at the top, party at the bottom, you know? You don't want, you don't want to see the party bits. Like, no, thanks, bro. <laughs> Unless you're standard. If, so if, you're, if that's it, you're showing off. And some might say, but that's not showing off. I'm at home and whatever. Yeah, but okay. If you were out in the public, how would you be and why? Yes, there's an appropriate way to dress and there's an inappropriate way to dress, but it comes down to your intention now as well. So, for example, I wouldn't have any problem standing up and saying, look, we're in a pair of tracksuit bottoms and, and stuff like that, because the issue, yes, you want to be presentable, but who is there to show off to in actuality now when you're just in your the four corners, four walls of your home, um, there's no peacocking that you can actually do. And you've seen that the, the, those celebrities now, some of them have become depressed. You've seen them uh, chronicle it because they said, I've realized that my profession or what I'm doing is worthless. It's, it's of no benefit or use now. Then you've got others trying to continue their career um, from home is it to please or entertain the others or is it to validate themselves? Yeah, it's, is it to validate or to remain relevant, as they say, you know, in that thing? But I think I think what's also interesting is, is like, um, like one of the things I, I do like to do is just put on a bit of nice smell, fragrance, yeah? Because that, that, but you can't smell that, <laughs> yeah? yeah? But yes. I, I, feel, I feel good when I do, you know what I mean? I like... So I put it on. I'm like, yeah, you know, and it gives me that that bit of oomph, and I feel good, and I and I know I smell good, and that that's that's but totally. You know, right you're now. not showing off exactly when if you're um, um, tidying yourself, uh, you're you're making sure your appearance is good because that's how you like to be. That's your particular standard. No one is actually seeing that, but that's you. Then there are others. Well, no one can see me, and they've gone um, uh, unkempt here. Um, hairstyles that would scare someone in a horror movie. Um, they've not looked after their personal hygiene. Why? Because there's no audience to show off to. There's no audience yeah. to show off to. So the question is, who is, who, what are you, uh, who are you there to please? You know, who, exactly. you know what are you there to, who, who defines you, who validates you, who gives you relevancy, what gives you relevancy. And then also, then it raises that question about what are your values? Yes. You know, what do you value? And uh, are those values uh, now given, like you said, given that scenario, um, whether you, you, you explore them and pull them apart and actually try to work out what your real values are and where you find your value and whether you can work away from that superficial element to the more meaningful element 
or whether just working out that you're superficial level and just not even go any further than that and it just becomes a, a downward spiral that's like right. that, that, that impacts so so. now that no one is seeing you you know that one is seeing you always and how are we with that what does that evoke from us regarding getting up to pray our sunnahs those of us who can't pray in the masajid at the moment praying our sunnahs and praying our obligatory prayers getting up knowing that no one else can see me except allah but the factor is that allah sees us all of the time so with that sole focus how has that changed us there are those who are waiting and we can see the, the um, disgruntlement and the rebellion in some of the societies because you can't camp down. We are not, you don't put a curfew. You cannot stop us from doing such and such and such and such because yes, we are social individuals. We are social individuals, but we've got to remember one thing. We won't be social individuals when we enter the grave. There'll be no one to show off to. There will be no one to validate us. We will have Munka and Nakia visiting us. And everything we did for ev everyone else, because we wanted to be validated, because we wanted to show off, will be of no consequence whatsoever when we hear their footsteps walking away from the grave and then we're made to sit up. What would that showing off have done at that particular point of time? Take a few steps back. Now we are in a unique situation, a once-in-a-lifetime situation. Again, who are we going to show off to? How are we with our Lord who sees us? How are our prayers now that they're not being performed in Jama'at? Showing off and, is... Yeah, it's from the yeah, that's the deed as well that, you know, when Jibreel al-Islam comes to Prophet what is Islam, uh, what is Iman, uh, what is Iman and what is Ihsan, you know, to Ihsan. And that is that to worship Allah uh, as if you see him and you can't, see, you can't see him, but you know that he sees you. Yes. And that's, um, <clears throat> that's a profound, profound state of being when we consider the the insignificant size of this planet just in this galaxy never mind in all of these galaxies as part of this universe and that insignificance of that minusculeness of oneself on this little rotating planet around one star it just it's it's profound but it takes a lot of work it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of effort and once it's achieved there's even more work to maintain it I, I hear what you're saying but I would say not necessarily so because when we see what has brought every society on this earth to its knees it's an invisible virus it's an invisible virus that has brought us. Has, has brought us 
sorry that's that, now that's that's my my that's my um my phone talking about invisible I was, sorry I was picked up that yeah suddenly picked up on that but <laughs> right so there we go technology so there's an invisible virus that has brought the world to its knees it's brought fear across the world there's so much uncertainty around it and Allah tells us in Surah Muhammad, فَعَلُمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّهُ Then have knowledge that none deserves to be worshipped except Allah. Allah has decreed that this happen. And if we are not reflecting, if we are not reviewing, if we are not revising ourselves and what we've been doing, then we've learned nothing from what's taking place at this point, this moment in time. And the reason I say that, and I'm saying that to slightly challenge what you're saying, it doesn't take a lot of work because of look at where we are now. This did not take a lot of work. This did not take a lot of work. This virus came and stopped everyone in their tracks. So this is a moment of, of reflection now. This is a moment of we have no choice. Yes, yes, yeah. There's no excuse, basically. There's no excuse. And yeah, subhanAllah. I think also, I mean, as we're coming towards the end of our, our session this evening, um, I think there's, there's an element there, like you said, that indeed... Allah can make anything happen. So if there's that yaqeen that, you know, it's not necessarily going to take this and this and this and this and this for it to work, Allah can make anything can happen. And, you know, that verse... And that's a very good point. It was the story of Karun, um, Muhammad with... Um, own one of the wealthy um, people at the time of Musa, okay, salam. and he had such wealth that he needed a body of strong men to carry the keys to his treasure. And he Just used to show off. Allah tells us about this in the Quran. He used to show off and be so arrogant with his wealth and display of his wealth, and Allah sunk him into the earth. That was the extent of his showing off that Allah sunk him into the earth as he was showing off, as he was displaying that pomp. So truly, the Izza is Allah's. He says it's his garment. Okay, this pride. And for us to, be, to have such pride to the extent of showing off is to deny the might and power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is to, to deny the dominion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is yeah. to deny by default the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by showing off, by saying, look at me, look at what I've got. I'm better than you. I've got this, I've got that. When Allah is the one on Yomul Qiyamah, when he 
tells the angel of death at the end to take his own life. And then he questions who has dominion this day. So how can we show off when we know that, when we have a Lord? It's great. How can we show off? Yeah. Why will we show off? And just to sort of reflect back on, because Sister Selwa said something a bit earlier in the show around, um, you know, celebrating and, and doing things. So, you know, we, we kind of get little wins, right? You know, you kind of do something and, uh, and yeah, so, you know, and th these types of things are showing up. So you might have done something and somebody goes, oh, wow, mashallah, you did that really well. How do you then really, you know, sort of say alhamdulillah for it, that, you know, Allah has blessed you with this. But, you know, you, you kind of busted a move, bro. That was, that was kind of awesome, mashallah, what you did. How does that fit into to that kind of thing? But you're not showing off in response to that. If if in, in if inside you then um, manifest like, yeah, it, it is what it is because that's me. <laughs> that's not the response you want to give. Okay. You know that that sort of nod of yeah, well, it's because me. You know, I've got it like like we used to say um, um, back in the day because you got because I got it like that. And so you knew that statement was like, yeah, because it is what it is. That's just me. You know I've got it like that. If that's your response, and if that's how you feel, then it's problematic. If the individual is going to praise you excessively, and you're going to absorb that and believe in what they're saying about you, and you know that there are elements to your character that you wouldn't want anyone to see, and only Allah knows, subhanahu wa ta'ala, you would check yourself. And we all fall into that. Let's be frank. We all fall into that little, okay, that validation that's come that you did well. That was a good kutbah. That was a good speech. That was a good achievement that you've actually got. But we then need to take it back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many of us and how often do we do sajda shukr? How often? Yeah. Uh, uh, and, was excellent and you did it but you know it's Allah who facilitated that did you go quietly and do such a shukr mm -hmm. did we do that where did we direct that feeling of gratitude and happiness where did we direct it you know there's just something else that's occurred in my mind Dr. Bilhaq is that when somebody even says something like that to you like to me next time it's kind of like is it, a, is it an opportunity to say, oh Allah, thank you for blessing me with this, but oh Allah, there's, you are al-ghani, al-mughni, there is nothing more that, you know, I, I, there is more that I could ask for, and there is nothing that you could not give me more of. So you could use it as an opportunity to make dua, as you said. And like you say, like, right, like we say immediately, and we should say that, when Jazakallah khair wajib, that was excellent what you did, you might say, why yak for saying jazakallah here? Back to you. We say, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. Just those words acknowledge, yeah. say, this is where it's coming from. Yeah. You know? Not not like, yeah, yeah. Okay, just yeah, nice <laughs> one. No, no. Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. 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 This is where we need to do that immediately when that praise is coming towards us in that instant. And 
the type and, and uh, I think to Salwa's question was a key question and, and really I think it is, is apt. When we share something with someone and our intention is to gloat, that's a type of showing off. Yeah. That's when we've got to be careful of sharing this thing with the individual yeah. because it may make me feel yeah. even worse. Because my, my angle is this, because I work in the creative sector as well. So we create things, whether it's written work, visual work, but we create things and people will naturally come to you and say, love it. You know, that was really good. That's very clever. That's this, that's that. And there's that. And I, and yeah, you know, when somebody says to you, it uplifts you. You think, Alhamdulillah, my work's, my work's doing what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to reach out to people. It's supposed to connect, change perceptions, have discussions. But you know, when, when that happens, you kind of have that moment of saying, Alhamdulillah, you also have that moment of of sealing the cracks where the shaitan is gonna slip in and start to to wheedle the gaps bigger and bigger so he can put that idea of pride and arrogance and envy so you know somebody comes and says to me why just a great bit of work and then the man or the sister sitting next to me has done even better work and they get praised but even more than me then i'm like okay so so now I'm like that envy, that hazard, that you know that that starts to to creep in, and that's the that's where the recognition is, Alhamdulillah, and that it is from Allah, and that it can be multiplied, ten hundred million fold from yeah. Allah. Within yeah. that space, same space of me to be able to do something, but it comes from Allah. Right. And as, as the brothers just asked a very good question, Abdullah yes. O'Donovan, yes. how do you gauge when you're showing you, you know when you're showing off when, if you haven't got the attention and the right type of attention and results and response from the people. So you're doing this act and you're saying no one's responding. I'm not getting any feedback. You keep doing more of it. And you're seeing you're not getting any feedback. And then the moment you get the feedback, then you feel good within yourself. That's when you need to check, am I showing off? Yeah. And, and, and there's something else on that. Because I think there's, there's one thing of, of, of how you measure something. How you measure something, yeah? And for me, like from that very, 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 very thoughtful question there, Abdullah. And that is like, like... You know, we can, like after the show, we might look at the stats and say, this many people watched our show, this many people liked our show, this many people shared our show, right? Now, there's there's a couple of ways we can look at that. We can look at it and go, uh, where can we improve, right? Like, you know, as 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 co-hosts here, uh, you know, uh, you're giving your time, mashallah, Dr. Abdul Haq, and we're, we're doing this stuff together. And what is it that we can do to, to inshallah, um, empower that message better to reach more people inshallah because ultimately it's a sadqa jariya that's going to come from that any of you brothers and sisters listening do something good from what we've said then alhamdulillah we get some benefit from it you know, inshallah, without diminishing or decreasing what you your allah has blessed you with so there's that element to it but then there's yeah there's the other side to it where oh we didn't get the numbers of likes and shares and things we expected yeah okay what do we need to to bend ourselves into to contort ourselves to be able to fit into that hole in order to get those numbers because that's what's going to validate us. That's right. And that latter thing is what's taking place a lot of the time now. And people are 
as I've said at the beginning, denigrating others, remaining silent about particular um, issues they should be speaking about because they don't want to lose their audience. And then what they start doing is tailoring their message to what pleases their audience. And if we are speaking and trying to call to Islam and discuss in a way that we can all strengthen each other and remind each other regarding the deen, then that's not the way to go. And also in this instance, yes, you, you have an inquiry. Are we, are we saying the wrong things? Are we speaking about the right issues? We want to check the stats, for example, um, for that reason. But we've also got to remember this. For me, once this show's finished, it's there for those who may want to refer to it down the line. And I've done, I hope, inshallah, the duty of conveying, sharing a message. And that's all that I've, Allah said that we have to do. That's all we've been asked to do. And I hope I've done it. I hope we've done it in the correct way. Until the next time. Yeah, and I, and I think there's there's a there's a there's, so, there's something else that I'm picking up from your message there, Dr. Abdul Hakim, is that is that yeah we can reflect and try to understand the complexity of things, but ultimately the simpler we keep it, the better. You know, yes. this is my intention. This is what I intend to do, and just get it done, and yes. just maintain that kind of simplicity and beauty in it. You know, like right. when we stand for prayer. The, the intention is in the heart, you know, yeah. I'm praying this and this is the purpose, this is the prayer or whatever it is, or it's, you know, Salatul Istikhara or Tajjad or any additional stuff, but generally for your prayer, this is what I'm standing up for, this is my need of God, but it's the very, it's the simplicity of it. It's the, that, that clear and uh, pure intention that this is what it is that I'm doing. And then as the, right. as we get into that prayer to focus on our khushu, to focus on the words that we are reading, etc. So, but it's it's that simplicity. I mean, I know we've discussed so much in the sense of where this sort of reaches out into, you know, all those little roots and tentacles that it kind of branches out into. But ultimately, when we bring it back, it's keeping it simple for ourselves, you know, so yes. we can check ourselves without tiring ourselves, without wearing ourselves. Because this is one of the plots of the shaitan is that he, he tries to make it uh, uh, hard for us. To hold on yes. to the rock of Allah, you know, he and if, exactly, and that's right. And if we think about this in, in conclusion, with for example, we know that the two sunnas before Fajr are better, the reward of them are better than the world and all that it contains. And, and when we're showing off, we're showing off for worldly matters, we're showing off for worldly matters, yet this intangible aspect of our prayer. We know from the Prophet that it's better than the world and all that it contains. And some will say, but I want stuff in this world now. But if we were to say to him, okay, you've got a job and you've been told if you save a certain amount for a certain period of time, like many do, you will accrue this particular wealth at the end. And they saw that that wealth was like astronomical and disproportionate to what they'd been saving. They would do that for one year, two year, three year, four year, five years. We need to have that assurity that the worship, and let, remember, we're not talking complex here. We're talking about prayer. Let's stick with the prayer. Yes, that yes. what that is, what is, is accruing in the hereafter for us, we cannot count that. And remember, as we are moving through life, the show off, 
the one who's trying to have the humility in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and seeking forgiveness for his sins in private into Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're all heading towards our next destiny, which is the grave. And we want ease in that grave. We want ease in that grave. And we've got the choice to show off. We've got the choice to worship and get the intangible rewards. And there will be some tangible in this life because we can expect that. Allah has told us of, of that. But why focus on showing off and seeking validation from others? Why? Even once, why? When we know we've started off with some of the narrations of the results, the destructive results of that. Why? And, Why would we do that? Yeah, and and that I that that focus actually gives you a lot more self assurance. It gives you a lot more confidence. And as we know, you know whether people agree with you or not, people respect you for remaining true to to what you believe in. And I think that's that's always something that you know puzzles people. But yeah. it gives you tranquility. But, but, You've got tranquility. You have yeah. a serenity of self. That's you have a contentment yeah. that that's what you are in control of. Your prayer with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, only for him. Don't have to worry about anyone else. For your mum, your dad, your brother, your sister. You and Allah. Allah is the one that you have to focus on. And the validation that you need is from him because hasbi Allah. Wow. Jazakallah khair. I think that is a beautiful place to stop, inshallah. Um, subhanallah. Jazakallah khair to everybody who's tuned in. Uh, we genuinely, I genuinely have missed this. Uh, and it's been it's been such a long week. It doesn't feel like we missed one week, honestly. It felt like we Two weeks, so two weeks. You know, uh, it really has felt like, you know, so long. Uh, and um, and again, as we said, you know, these are conversations, these are discussions, and these are reminders for ourselves as much as they are for, for all of you tuning in. And Jazakallah khair. And uh, thank you for joining in, sharing, and sharing your comments, inshallah. And again, Dr. Abdul Haq, uh, great to see you again, inshallah. And uh, look forward to, inshallah, catching up with all of you next week, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, and again, um, thank you all for tuning in to Newcastle Fast FM. I hope, inshallah, that you've got as much of it out as I have, alhamdulillah. And inshallah, as well as for Dr. Abdul Haq. And inshallah ta'ala, may Allah bless all of the brothers and sisters who make Newcastle Fast FM what it is, in any whichever way you have supported us. Jazakallah khair. And, uh, you know, ashadu because I read, I was re reminded about reading this this surah that whenever we gather, we should read uh, Surah Al Asr and we should make uh, the dua as well. That Wal Asr, Inna Linsan Lafi Khusr, Illa Ladina Amanu Wa Mil Salihati Wa Tawasi Bil Hakki Wa Tawasi Bil Sabr. Ashhadu Alla Ilaha Anta Astaghfiruka Wa Tubu Laik. Jazakallah Khair, Doctor Abdul Haq. Jazakallah for joining us. Inshallah, inshallah, and alhamdulillah, inshallah, we look forward to catching up with you next week, inshallah. So from us here in Castle Fast FM, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.